Hey guys, this is Landon from the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast, and I want to tell you about my friend Nick, because with 25 resort locations, four theme parks, two water parks, you have to book your dining reservations 180 days in advance, not to mention the 60-day window for your fast passes. There is so much on your plate when you're going down to the Walt Disney World resorts. Don't worry, because Nick he has your back. Book a trip with Nick Salcedo at Capture the Magic Vacation and let him be your guide to your uniquely magical vacation at any Disney destination with no cost to you. Let Nick do the hard part of planning while you and your party get excited about your trip to the most magical place on earth. As a graduate of Disney's College of Disney Knowledge, Nick is an expert at all things Disney and will truly help put the magical touch on your vacation. And be sure to mention the Monday Morning Monorail podcast when you book your trip for a very special surprise. Contact Nick today at nick.salcedo, that's S-A-L-C-E-D-O, at ctmvagent.com, and let's start planning your next trip. Also, be sure to visit his website at capturethemagicvacation.com forward slash agent forward slash Nick dash Salcedo. That's Nick Salcedo with Capture the Magic Vacations. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and I am joined by my lovely Monorail family. Let us introduce them, shall we? Across from me is... Chicken Nugget. Chicken Nugget. Back again. Garrett Monorail with barbecue sauce. Beside Chicken Nugget. Agave straws at the Polynesian. Agave straws at the Polynesian. They're good. You shouldn't eat them. No, <laughs> but they're the superior straws. They're very tasty. McKenna Monorail is here. And across from McKenna Monorail is... The lady who is disappointed that Justin Monorail doesn't get frustrated with Garrett anymore when he introduces himself at ch- as Chicken Nugget. Why are you disappointed in that? Because that was hilarious. <laughs> he used to get so mad. You'd be like, Because you like, wanted us to be serious. like... 90 episodes ago, I gave up on that. I know. A.K.A. Samantha Monorail. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Samantha? I am fine. Good. Thanks for joining us again. I don't thank the children. Pleasure to be here. Party rockers in Redacted. (laughs) Wow. I don't know what that means. This is episode number 96 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast, and today is February the 24th. Wow, time's flying. Yeah, this is our last episode of February, y'all. Did you know it's a leap year? I did, and McKenna I think has I, plans for leap years moving we forward. Re- take away this day, the leap day, and we move it to October. And okay. then every four years, we have two Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> she figured it out. Double Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Actually... This isn't a bad idea, but what you do is you add it after the day after Halloween, and then no matter if Halloween's on a weeknight or not, kids are out of school the next day. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. 
Halloween to the reckoning. <laughs> I reckon. We'll submit your suggestion to Congress and see what happens. I will go fight Congress for Halloween too. But I doubt it'll happen. Yeah, I doubt it. Maybe if we get enough people amped up about it, they'll do something. We can't even get rid of the daylight savings time. Yeah. And that's like old school policy. What about the farmers? <laughs> Think about the farmers oh and the gosh. and the lamplight, the oil they're burning. <laughs> we have to save them oil. Save them oils. GoFarmer.com. Yeah, go, GoFarmer.com. I know. I com. That's where Garrett's going to get his next date. Farmers I burn only. all my oil all the time. It's frustrating. See, good for Garrett because he is a farmer. Yeah. Where do you farm? Uh, beats. Oh, Dwight Schrute. No, like music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a DJ on them beats. Nice. Oh, that was funny. Little drippy spoon on the ones and twos. All right. That was really offhand, but by the way, Garrett's rap name is Little Droopy Spoon. <laughs> no, that's not me. Who is it? That's Little Droopy Spoon. <laughs> we don't know who that is. Yeah. Well, we're not here today to promote Little Droopy Spoon's career. <laughs> we are here to discuss Walt Disney World news. And I've got several articles pulled for you guys, and we're going to discuss them in an orderly fashion. Whoa. You got a minute and a half. Ah. Um. <laughs> um, okay. I wanted to mention this because there were some recent refurbs announced for this year, and a couple of these might be surprising. Magic Kingdom, Big Thunder Mountain, May 4th to May 21st. And I find that odd because, well, I guess that's right before summer. They're kind of getting it ready for summer, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Splash Mountain is closed now. It will reopen... This weekend, February 28th. Oh, yay. I'm yeah. so excited. Mm -hmm. This one's going to make mom very sad. The Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse will be down April 27th to May 4th. When will it be back? May 4th. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? Touch up the tree? Yeah. Tell wow. them. You tell them, Sam. What are they going to do? There's make sure the tree doesn't like, fall apart or anything. Yeah. Who would do that? Just let it fall apart. <laughs> yeah. They have to replace some leaves. Who knows? And Stitch is still closed. Rip <laughs> no Stitch. Way. Yeah. Not listening. In have you seen pictures of the Stitch animatronic? Oh, yeah. Spooky. The one without the skin. It is scary. I have not seen that. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Over in Epcot, Agent P's World Showcase Adventure is now permanently closed. It just ended this past week. Yeah. Gone forever. Being replaced by DuckTales, which Garrett is amped up about. Yeah. Um, Illuminations, of course, gone forever. Test Track will reopen February 27th. Okay. So it's coming back. Spaceship Earth. Now, here's something we need to talk about. When when do you guys think? They haven't announced it yet. But Never. we're waiting for that. We're waiting for that other shoe to drop because we know it's going to go under refurb for like two years. No. And I feel like they need to get it started soon if it's going to be open for, you know. If they expect it to be open for Epcot's... 40th, then it has to go down soon. I think it'll probably be the end of this year. No. Nope. They're not doing it. Plans have changed. They're keeping it the same. I mean, they have to open up some other stuff before they close that because, I mean, there's... There's nothing in Future World. Nothing going on. <laughs> yeah. We still have Figment. It's all closed. Spaceship Earth will now be Spaceship DuckTales. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I would lose it. 
I feel like I'm already going to lose it. She is beautiful. She needs to be left alone. Maybe like give her a wash every once in a while. <laughs> just, just leave her be. You it don't does have need to, to be do washed. this. You don't have to do this. To <laughs> you me. don't have to do this. You don't Disney, you to. don't have to do this. I'm bargaining. Hey, uh, oh, yeah. please don't do this. <laughs> the other thing on the uh, indeterminate chop- chopping block is Dino Land because that's something that has come up repeatedly as a as a thing that could go away and be. I've- changed over i've been seeing more and more people on social media say they hate dino land but like the whole point of it being different is like the like that's the point it's different it's its own section it's not supposed to be exactly like the rest of animal kingdom yeah it's dino land yeah but i don't like it either what what have you got there besides dinosaur that you like restaurant you like Restaurantosaurus, really? I've never been in, but it, exactly. sounds, it sounds really cool. All it has is, like, it has burgers. They have a nice lounge Didn't there. That? Didn't they in have Dino that, Land? Um, mm-hmm. Or is it, like, an old thing? Or is that Disneyland where they have the cool, like, story around it? For Restaurantosaurus? I don't know. Oh, then it's probably something different. I I don't know. I gotta dig around with Pluto <laughs> in the dirt. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, it's not my favorite thing, but, you know, I like them educating kids yeah. about dinosaurs. Yeah. And Donald's there. The Dino Bash. Wait, hold on a second. I'm trying to Google the name of the lounge in Dino Land. I haven't done my taxes. Also, Launchpad McQuack is there. Mm -hmm. And Scrooge. All I know is that I feel like I get the whole Chester and Hester's rundown little tourist trap park. I get the theming. I get what they were going for. I don't like Primeval World at all. No, it's bad. It's called Restaurantosaurus Lounge. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sure it's great. You hear people talking about it all the time, don't you? Because you didn't I even like know what it. the name of it was. I like it. It's not my favorite part, but I don't see why you'd like absolutely hate it. You don't think it could be improved? I, I could, think it could. No, no. I mean, it it could be improved, but there's no reason to just despise it. I don't want it obliterated off the face of the earth. <laughs> well. Anyway, you're taking it a little farther than no, what I'm saying. No, that's what people on social media say. They hate it. All right. It's the worst thing ever. I just think it's something we got to keep an eye on because I think that at some point it has charm. we're going to get an announcement, maybe at D23 this year or something. Yeah. I'm going to D23 and punching executives. <laughs> Please enter my GoFundMe account to get me there. <laughs> enter. <laughs> Donate. Please yeah. enter your credit card information into my GoFundMe account. <laughs> I just want them to start up DuckTales Season 2. Well, hey, speaking of things getting a makeover, Cinderella's Castle's getting a makeover. I know, I'm so excited. It's going to look so pretty. And, yeah, this is one of those things. I, I feel like it is going to be an upgrade. It's going to it's gonna get a little gilded, some gold all over it. It's going to get a new paint job. It's going to yeah. a little more Baroque. If it ain't Baroque. Don't fix it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm very confused. Well, and Cinderella's Castle is... Pretty as it is, but, you know, I think where it really shines at night when it gets all lit up and I I don't know, some people are saying basically they're just turning it into an Instagram filter. Maybe, but it's going to look awesome. Yeah, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be like, oh, wow, that looks like an Instagram filter in real life. To all the merch and branding around the way that the castle looked before. I don't think that this is going to change that, though. Yeah. They're not changing the structure. They're painting it. They're, they're adding they're some changing, turrets. Yeah. Oh, they are? Yeah. Oh. They're going to add a couple more turrets, apparently. Uh, I missed that. But that's yeah. okay. I think that it'll still be fine. 
I, yeah, I don't think it'll change the branding really, but it'll just give them an opportunity to sell stuff with the new look castle on it, which they certainly will do. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. I don't get why people say it's an Instagram filter, not even changing the photo, so it's not a filter. <laughs> well, anyway, it's just what people say. Since I, I, when is making things pretty bad? That's a good question. Yeah, Garrett. Good question. <laughs> It's not bad. It's a good thing. But it is change. And, you know, some people struggle with that. <clears throat> not going to say any names. Uh, but at least they're not turning it. At least <laughs> the Epcot ball is one thing. They're, at least they're not turning it into a giant birthday cake, you know, or rolling it with toilet paper like they did to, like, <laughs> announce that Stitch was in the park. Do you know how many people are going to be like, he just called me out? <laughs> We have I, hey, a lot who, of friends I, who don't like change. Who knows who I'm talking about? <laughs> I, know, I know one guy who also coincidentally doesn't like Animal Kingdom. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I feel like I know a bald guy about that. Yeah. Same description. Yeah. I have no idea who you're talking about. I don't either. <laughs> well, let us board the monorail and go on over to Epcot where the Flower and Garden Festival is basically <gasps> upon us. I'm so... Oh, wait. I went there, yes. and I saw the topiaries already. Solid. I'm very excited. <laughs> Is this your favorite festival? It's my favorite festival. Yeah. It's the best. Um, I love it. And you could say that it's not the best, but I just won't listen. <laughs> you will disagree. I'll say no. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. I'm excited to see the topiaries again. I'm excited for the merchandise and the pass holder merchandise. My favorite festival is the Festival of the Lion King. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two new pass holder magnets this year. <laughs> One is Donald Duck with Spike the Bee. Oh. The, and the other is Orange Bird. My fault. Oh, oh. I like Orange Bird. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I had my mind on Spike the Bee because there's going to be a Spike the Bee sipper that you can get your hands Which on. Which I would like to have. Yeah. Um, that'll be very cool. There's always some pretty cool branded merchandise for Flower and Garden. Last year, you got the cool trucker hat. Uh, yes. I hope I they also, have. Sorry. Uh, the embroidered yeah, shirt. Yeah, your embroidered shirt. That's the best Epcot your shirt. Your favorite Epcot shirt. Ever. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to have an embroidered shirt this year, which makes me very sad. Yeah, maybe not. But I'm certain that there will be some new cool merchandise and we'll be. Loving it, but also hating it because we're spending too much money on Go figure. Flower and Garden Festival gear. Yeah. But it's exciting. I, I'm excited for it, too. And, of course, the Garden Rocks concert series is coming back. I have circled some people I would like to see. Do you remember what some of those are? I know I want to see Flock of Seagulls. Okay. Because, <laughs> come on. Uh, I think Sisters of Mercy is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who else. I know I circled a bunch of people in a pamphlet I got specially for me. <laughs> and none of you guys got one. Only I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have never gotten one of those like pass holder monthly updates. They come to you and mom. I signed, some lady asked me if I wanted something once and I said, sure. So I think maybe that was uh, it. I don't know. You know, one of the things that we did last year during the Flower and Garden Festival was we did a giveaway Mm-hmm. That's I, right. Um, and we gave away a pin and a mug. A mug, yeah. I think we should do that again this year. Oh, interesting. That's possible. I what, don't know. I think how that, will people enter this contest? I'm, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have, have to come to, up with the details. Yeah, we'll have to figure out something. But I think that was a good giveaway, um, and we can do that again. 
what if we do a giveaway except it we choose someone at random and they have to give us something <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea Garrett. reverse giveaway yes yeah. and guess what you've entered that contest just because you listen to the podcast so you may be selected at random to give us something <laughs> this sounds that's like mandatory. fun yeah be thinking about what you want to give us <laughs> oh my gosh our kids are ridiculous i think that's a good idea i think garrett has a good idea it's not a bad plan one thing that's open permanently now is the Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Oh. You were at Epcot. Did you go by the Regal Eagle? I actually never went to the other side of... I went through um, UK. UK and Canada, mm-hmm. and that was it. Oh, so you didn't go check out the Regal Eagle. So no, none of us have been like... there. It's been open for like two weeks now, and we haven't been there. So you can take away our professional podcasting cards if you want to (laughs) we're not professionals we want to go so bad i love barbecue and i love sam eagle i know i I do want to go i want to go too are they going to make america the muppets now because barely decorated with muppet stuff in there that's the thing it's it's oh like token branding you've got sam eagle like on a sign and on a t-shirt and he's on the menu but like it's not like a muppet themed restaurant Annoyed. I know. I'm frustrated by that too. I really wanted them to lean into the Muppet theming a little bit, but it's fine. They're like they're like just dipping their toe in the water, mm-hmm. and they refuse to just go in. The water's fine. Everyone's enjoying <laughs> it except for you. Yeah, Sam Eagle's definitely on the merchandise. I think that's one thing they were thinking about. They know that suckers like us would want to buy a Sam Eagle barbecue shirt. Yeah. I would totally wear one. Yeah. Is he wearing an apron that says, kiss the chef? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be fun. Um, I don't think he is, but he should be. Oh, wait. The aprons say, kiss the cook, not chef. Who's chef? Swedish. The Swedish chef. Sad times. (laughs) Well, there's a lot to try there. I'm hearing very good reviews so far. I know. I feel like we need to go while they're still, like, cooking it well. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. They may start slacking off at some uh-huh. point. So we'll get out there and try it. It's our duty to you all as fans of this podcast to get out there and try these things so you know if you should too. We're going to do it. Yeah, we need to do it. And maybe you'll be randomly selected to give us a gift card to the Regal Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett has great ideas. It is a good idea. You've won. Now give us a gift card. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to move us over to Hollywood Studios now. Disney Movie Magic returns to Disney's Hollywood Studios on March 13th. The Chinese theater projection show Disney Movie Magic returns um, to replace the wonderful world of animation, which just debuted in 2019. So this will be cool. It's kind of like a little taste of what the finale of the great movie ride used to be. It's like, you know, clips from classic movies and fireworks and music to go along with that. I'm pretty excited about that. I like that. I, I feel it's it's a little odd because I kind of thought that the Hollywood studios was starting to kind of move away from really focusing on being like studio focused. Mm. But now with Mickey and Minnie, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, they're really putting a spotlight back on the theater. They're obviously bringing back the movie magic thing, which brings movies back into the park. So maybe they're trying to rejuvenate that idea a little bit i don't think they'll ever make it like an active studio again yeah but they 
maybe they are kind of hitting a little bit of that nostalgia for parents, but yet be different and fun for kids. Yeah. I don't know what they want from me. (laughs) They keep doing stuff and I'm like, why? But also cool? Yeah. What do they want? Where's the theme? They should just bring back the Golden Girls and film it there. Yes. Oh, that's the best idea. Garrett, you've had great ideas on this episode. It would have to be a new generation, though. Yeah, um, of course. But Betty White could still be Betty White could still be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's she'll be in all of them. They'll yeah. reboot it like 5,000 different times and she'll be in it. <laughs> she's going to outlive everyone. I hope so. Her and Mick Jagger. So I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. But not that I'm saying I want anything bad to happen to Mick Jagger. I'm just shocked and amazed. And I want whatever he's having. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, I, don't. I don't think it's I legal. Don't. No, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I would love to see them. You know, try to bring more of the movie magic and the studios element back to the park, and continue to do that. Bring back Alien Encounter, but actually have the alien in the ride like they were planning on. You, you're saying so that was in Magic Kingdom, but you think they should put it in Hollywood Studios and actually make it like an alien thing? Because yeah, they could because now because they, they own it. Yeah, were doing yeah. originally, but then they were like, oh no. Yeah, they certainly could do it because now they own the Alien since they bought Fox. So that'd be cool. Do it have a more adult targeted ride. Re- yeah. Relocate great movie ride. Just we have need, it still We need in it back. Yeah. But move it. Yeah, it'd be great if they brought that back with all new scenes. they using the same track for... There's some debate around that. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It's in the same building. Some people believe it's the exact same track. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Whenever we get to write it at some point in 2021. Yeah, I'm going to get that fast pass on the day of. <laughs> We're going to try. Here's something I think that you all will be excited about hearing. This is a rumor. This is firmly in the rumor bucket, but there's a little smoke around it, and I feel like there's reason to believe this could happen. Mandalorian meet and greet coming to Disney Parks. What? That'd be awesome. Yeah. I would totally meet him. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. There's a chance it could be somewhere in Galaxy's Edge. So, and if if I know anything about the marketing geniuses that Disney is, I should have said that differently. Why would you be differently. about that, McKenna? I don't know how I feel about this. I'm trying Why? to figure... What's negative about that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just the Mandalorian, but you meet him. And... Probably a baby Yoda. Hmm. Oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. yeah. Like what's ne- what's bad about that? I want it's my- like you know how um, for a while you could meet Star Lord and Baby Groot. I bet yeah. it's going to be similar to that. That's awesome! I'm excited, and I want my own baby Yoda animatronic. <laughs> the baby anim- Yoda animatronic is yes. scary looking. No, it's adorable. No, it's very cute. It's kind of scary. It's adorable, and I love that baby thing. Baby Yoda is kind of scary looking. No, no he's, he's not. not. He's got big eyes and huge ears. It's oh, kind of uncomfortable. He's the cutest. He's, he's totally cute. He melts all the hearts. He reminds me of a pug, but in a more unsettling way. <laughs> that picture of George Lucas holding it like a baby. That was adorable. It was the cutest picture that's ever happened in Star Wars history. Yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be cool, and I think there's reason to believe that that's going to happen. Who knows when, but I strongly believe we're going to do What's your reasoning on not being okay with that? I don't know. I'm just conflicted. That's it. But, like, what's your the side I'm that allowed confl- to be conflict? conflicted. <laughs> but what's the conflict going None of your on business. 
I can't wait. I hope this happens, and I'm going to be right there in the front, ready to meet him. Yeah. Maybe it'll thin out some of the Rise crowd. Then go meet Mandalorian, and we can ride Rise a few more times. It's fine. I don't think I'll so. I'll go meet Mandalorian. And then get a Ronto wrap. Yes. <laughs> no Sour Sarlacc, though. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last thing I wanted to share with you guys today. On March 8th, International Women's Day, Disney Parks is releasing special pins to celebrate women, International I'll Women's have Day. It. Yeah. Disney is teaming up with her universe to release a set of pins that are going to feature Star Wars characters. So um, there will be Queen Amidala with the word leader prominently, prominently featured. And of course, there's going to be Princess Leia with Trailblazer on the pin. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. Will I buy the pins with your money? Probably. <laughs> Am I always conflicted about corporations getting involved in these things? Yes. So, But shouldn't they be promoting it in a positive way? Yeah. yeah like, what if they stay silent? That's kind of worse. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I am going to go get them. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not. I'm like, oh, pins? I love those. <laughs> so, just... Hmm... Things are thinking in my brain. Wow. It's <laughs> finally working. It's yeah, surprise. things aren't thinking in your brain. It's always thinking, but not always. Always thinking. Like Roz is always watching. You know who else is obsessed with pins? Me. And will always buy them? Landon the Dawes Dome. Oh, yeah. And he's going to be joining me in just a moment for M34D. And let me just tell you this. This M34D is jam-packed. We are talking the Land Pavilion... We already did listen with the, listen to the land and living with the land in a previous episode. This is going to be everything else, but we talked about the kitchen cabaret for so long that it needed to be like the second and third segment of the show. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, M34D with Land in the Dawes Dome. Stay with us. Welcome back to the monorail. This is M34D. And what does that stand for? That's the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast, Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And joining me to complete that 4D is the one, the only, Landon, the Dawes Doan. Landon! Oh, hell! Welcome back to the monorail. Landon focused on his job. Ah, it's my theme song, y'all! <laughs> Turning all the knobs, be screening your calls, oh, and walking the halls. Landing dome, landing dome, Wow! How'd you like that for an intro? Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> I, uh, ironically enough, I was going to do a singing intro for myself, just based on the attraction we're going to get into. But uh, wow, that's a uh, that's a, a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that's a little bit cool. Yeah. I uh, once, ladies and gentlemen, I have my own theme song, so uh, nanner nanner boo boo, stick your head in doo doo. I once upon a time dropped that on you on a previous podcast, Life, and 
I still had it in the archives, so I thought I'd do it once again. <laughs> I'll be honest. I completely forgot that happened, so thank you for reminding me. Also, that's going to remind me to go yell at somebody on Monday when I get to work, where the bleep is my theme song. <laughs> it's time for an updated one, for sure. <laughs> you god dang right it is. <laughs> Landon Doan, Landon Doan was fired from his job. <laughs> Landon Doan, Landon Doan, his bosses are dumb knobs. <laughs> Actually cut that, otherwise they're going to fire me again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Landon, welcome back to the monorail. And, you know, um, today, I know you said you had a musical intro. I'm sorry that I stole that from you, but maybe as we kind of get into those attractions that we're going to be speaking about today, maybe, you, uh, maybe you'll have an opportunity to bring it back. Oh, um, I definitely am going to have an opportunity to bring it back because I feel like that's the only way I can get this earworm of a song out of my brain is to sing it out because I have had veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, <laughs> veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit in my brain for days, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Days. As well you should, because by the way, that is probably the one of the best original songs ever created for an Epcot attraction. You put that right up there with one little spark. You put that up there with Tomorrow's Child, and you've got Veggie Fruit Fruit right up there in the top five, at least, I would imagine. I mean, it is a really good song, uh, easily top five, I would say maybe even top three of original Epcot songs created. But when it's been in my brain for several days, and that's what I hear when I close my eyes to go to sleep at night. Oh, please, Lord, make it stop. It could be worse. I'll just be honest. It could. Be, it's not Small World, so... Yeah, that is true. <laughs> well, Touche, salesman, touche. <laughs> well... If this is your first time joining us for M34D, let me explain what we've got going on here. We embarked or embarked, I'm going to say embarked, on a You're journey. You're really good at talking today. Never. I'm never good at talking. <laughs> but we embarked on a journey long, long ago when we first launched this podcast to walk through Magic Kingdom attractions. We did so starting with kind of opening day and working our way through things that opened up as we approached present day. So we kind of went in chronological order. We finished up Magic Kingdom. We didn't really do all the restaurants and shops, which is something I thought, because here's the thing. Everything at Disney has a story. Everything. And that's one of the things we love about Disney, really. So, so you could definitely do deep dives on some of the restaurants, some of the shops, some of the just some of the sites that you see as you walk down Disney Main Street. Deep dive with the deep dish. Yeah, that's right. I'd We're love to have dive more in. for that one. I need to dive. I'd love to dive right into a deep dish right I'd now. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> it is definitely pizza time. Even though they're no longer a Disney uh, featured property, Ninja Turtles definitely taught me that it is pizza time. It's always pizza time actually correct that was it's the, like michelangelo is a party dude that was basically the ninja turtles version of it's five o'clock somewhere it's always <laughs> pizza time oh my god it really is yeah <laughs> well, well growing up on them i guess that explains my crippling pizza addiction at five o'clock so you know whatever oh man pizza's so good it's it, it's the best it's really you can put anything you want on the pizza it's it, mm-hmm. you whether know. it be meat whether it be vegetables uh some people put fruit on it i'm actually one of them uh, pe- uh pineapple is a fine topping for pizza but speaking of vegetables uh maybe you could put some of the uh kitchen cabaret yeah individuals on your pizza yeah pizza was not featured in the kitchen cabaret <laughs> it, it wasn't but the ingredients to a good pizza were featured in kitchen cabaret mm-hmm. so 
Yes, we've moved forward from Magic Kingdom. We are now working our way with, uh, through the attractions and rides and shows of Epcot. We started opening day. Um, we started big with Spaceship Earth, and now we're kind of moving through some of the things um, that were also kind of Phase 1 Epcot. And today, we're going to be talking specifically about the Land Pavilion. Now, if you listen to a previous M34D, we talked Living with the Land. We did that separately because it really does deserve its own its own segment. <laughs> Being that it Absolutely. is one of the greatest rides in all of Walt Disney World. I mean, maybe there's a debate. I don't think there is. I but, don't know if you're trying to like troll or whatever, but but like I, I actually thumbs up. I love living with. Oh, I'm not trolling. I, I okay, think okay, good. I think if otherwise you, we were going to have hands <laughs> thrown. <laughs> not that I'm trying to pull like a, a real Disney fan card or something like that, but but <laughs> but I really do think that if you if you really are in it in the Disney fandom and you're kind of one of us that living with the land has a special place for you. And I'm not judging if it doesn't. I'm just saying that, like, it's almost like sometimes it can be a bit of code to be like, we all know living with the land is, like, really, really good, right? You know? It's part of the Disney 101 curriculum we've talked about in previous episodes of M34D. Like, this is core Disney stuff. Yeah. To be a Disney fan. You're right. And so we talked about living with the land, but... Maybe, maybe, maybe living with the land is like advanced level stuff. Like, like, like you got to put in the freshman and sophomore years, declare uh, your major and and your uh, focuses. I believe that's what they use in the college term. And then, and then at that point, okay, living with the land. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Regardless, just go ride living with the land. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you and me right now. Let's go. Let's stop the podcast and go ride living with the land. <laughs> yeah, it's a good use of time. But here's the thing. When you're not just right down the road from Disney, and you can't just stop everything and go ride Living with the Land, this is a good place to be, right here with me and Landon, doing a deep dive on Disney attractions. Because unlike Living with the Land, we'll go wherever you're going. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Living with the Land, that thing is literally locked in Orlando. Can't go anywhere. Yeah, it's not It's not moving. Us, me, Jay, you, we can go wherever we want. <laughs> At least our voices, for sure. Right in your ear hole. Exactly. Yeah. And in your heart. In your heart. In your heart hole. We're <laughs> well, actually, if you have a heart hole, you might want to go to a doctor. Maybe we can fill the hole in your heart. Ooh, there we go. Uh, we are better than insurance. Yeah. Actually, no, we are definitely not better than insurance. No, no, we can't provide those services. I'm not going to commit to that at all. I was McKenna just going to go can. with it. We will definitely commit. McKenna can do all of that. <laughs> I was just I was just going to yes and you and go right along with it. But you're right. Um, <laughs> we're no insurance company. No, but um, let's get to but the. Speaking of insurance companies, here's our next sponsor. <laughs> By the way, sponsors, we are open. It's true. Let's give them something to sponsor, shall we? Which is some sweet, sweet M3 4D content. And let's start talking about the Land Pavilion. And just to kind of put it in context for this discussion, we are going to be talking about the Land Pavilion as it was on October 1st, 1982, opening day of Epcot. Now, we all know there have been a lot of changes to Epcot just in general, but there's been a lot that's happened in the Land Pavilion over the years. So to help kind of put some guardrails around this discussion, we're just going to talk about what was there day one. Living with the Land was. It was called Listen to the Land, but it was there day one. Which, of course, as we previously discovered, was the precursor to laughing with the land. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. um, And in addition to Listen to the Land, future future name, Laughing with the Land, um, there were a couple other things as well. We had a film in the Harvest Theater called Symbiosis. We had a 
animatronic musical review called The Kitchen Cabaret. And we had the Land Pavilion at large, which included the Garden Grill, the uh, the Sunshine Seasons food court. Um, which, where, by the way, Garden Grill was not the first name for that place. Right, that's right. What was it called? The Good Turn. The Good Turn. <laughs> <laughs> because guess what? That restaurant is slowly turning, ladies and gentlemen. It is. And also, like, day one Epcot and the Land Pavilion, one thing that I really do miss, that dadgum water fountain. That thing was cool. Oh, yeah. That was cool. You know, the Land Pavilion, sometimes, if you go into it, it, it almost... Like, if you're looking at 10,000 feet, it kind of has almost like a mall food court feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. Yeah. And... Like, even... Like, I don't even... Excuse me. I don't even think it's a 10,000 view type thing. Like, I think if you're in it, it's like, okay, like, like I'm pretty sure, like, if I go down this hallway and hang a left, I'm going to be going to Abercrombie, and then I can go to Hot Topic and, <laughs> and go to Sam Goody and buy a CD. Like, like I'm just taking this way down memory past where all three of those things were in a mall and you would buy a cd oh yeah and and there used to be like by the way cds are compact disc children (laughs) yeah back uh, when music was a product but now it's a service mm, interesting prove me wrong music prove me wrong (laughs) so so i I think the reason that i said the ten thousand feet thing is is i think once you're in there and you start looking at the details of the pavilion it starts to become very clear you're in a different kind of place. Like, for example, you look up into the ceiling of the food court, and what do you see? Hot air balloons. Hot air balloons, yep. <laughs> but it, there's a lot of natural light that comes into the the main kind of concourse of the land pavilion, um, a huge skylight. And it, it is it feels natural and open, and, and probably from, you know, the the fact that you've got the connection to listen with the land or living with the land. There's an, it, it, with the land. it feels, it feels like nice and fresh. You got like a fresh smell in there. Um, I love it. I feel like it, even though there's a lot of activity in the pavilion itself, um, lots of people, I feel like it's still relatively peaceful in terms of like places you can go hang out in a Disney <laughs> park. And, and, and it is crazy because that is the land pavilion is generally a place that's very busy, whether it's people standing in line, going to Soren or, you know, going and hitting up uh, the, the food options. It's like that's always a very happening, busy place. But, yeah, I would agree with you. It still feels very peaceful and laid back. And I do think that just fresh, organic garden smell does have a lot to do with it. Yeah, I'm a person who loves a good hotel lobby. I also like this is str- this is a strange thing about me, but I enjoy places like Grand Central Station in New York or even like airport terminals. I like the activity and the movement. What the hell is wrong? I, I, I know it's weird. Um, as long- airport terminals, who signs up for that? Well, I'm not talking about dealing with security and traveling and all that, but like just the idea of like finding a nice little spot to sit and people watch and seeing everybody, all the hustle and bustle and all that. Like, okay, all right, all right, and, uh, all right. I'm I'm seeing what you're picking. Yeah, that and that's kind of what I'm talking about because I think that you can basically, unless it's a odd occasion where they're like every single seat and table is taken. You can basically always find a table to sit at in the mm-hmm. in the food court area, and a lot of it they've got it sectioned off so it doesn't feel like you're in this like huge mass of people all the time. And you can sit, you know, you could sit close to living with the land. You could sit close on, you know, to the Soren side or whatever, but or closer to, you know, maybe where the 
food stations are. But I, I don't know. I think I think that's kind of the comparison that I'm drawing, really. And I don't know. We 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 voiced our support of Sunshine Seasons being one of the best quick service options on property. I love that place. Mm-hmm. I love that you can get like. Every now and then, they've got the special secret passholder desserts you can get from the little bakery station uh, at the end. Um, I like that you you've got different options, and I love that that food. A lot of it can you know a lot of the veggies and stuff could be sourced from living with the land. So cool, yeah. So I'm a I'm a huge land pavilion proponent. Also, shout out to the Garden Grill. Yeah, shout out like, the Garden Grill. Yeah, like, I like I. I'm giving it a shout out, even though I've never eaten there. But that is one thing that I is on my reservation card when I go down uh, to the Walt Disney World Resort property next time. And I am really looking forward to that meal event, just because I've heard nothing but great things about it. I've heard nothing but great things about you know the character interactions and stuff like that. And plus, as in previous episodes, y'all know I like living with the land. And guess what? I get to look at living with the land. Yeah, or laughing with the land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or turning with the land. Mm-hmm. No, good turning with the land. G- the We're tying turn. it all together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By um, the end of this uh, segment, it's going to be one long, just stupid, drawn out inside joke. It's going to be terrible. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so Garrett and Sam have both eaten at Garden Grill. They loved it. Had great reviews for it. Um, we have plans sometime in the near future to take the whole family, and I guess we're probably going to do breakfast. What what time of day are you going to go? I am doing breakfast. Okay. I have a 10.05 reservation. So technically it is breakfast, but it is towards the end of the breakfast window. So I, it's like I'm, but part of me is a little worried about uh, just how fresh the food I'm going to get is. And also, you know, uh, the character interaction just because it is at the end of that window. But regardless, I'm going to go have me a good uh, Disney breakfast with Mickey Waffles. Yeah, I think you're going to be fine. Um <laughs> I hear good things about the the lunch and dinner service as well. So, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it calls for at least two visits <laughs> to get the full that, experience. That feels fair. Feels fair. <laughs> but, but, I, I, though, unfortunately, that night, I, I, I can't go back to dinner because, you know, I'm just going to La Cilie. Oh, no. How? <laughs> <laughs> You're really uh, taking one for the team going to La Cilie, man. I, yeah, well, you know, I do, I do it for y'all. I am a giver. <laughs> Yeah, but I like a good uh, restaurant with a gimmick, and I like the fact that Garden Grill, or as it was known on opening day, The Good Turn, is a rotating restaurant. I enjoy that quite a bit. Let's move on now to uh, the two two things that are no longer with us. The first being a film that, as I mentioned, premiered in the Harvest Theater on day one of Epcot's existence, and this was, of course, called Symbiosis. This film, as I watch it today... I was thinking to myself, this almost feels like something that if you went to a museum today and they had like an IMAX theater, this is something that you would see in an, in a theater like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was filmed on 70 millimeter film and it's beautiful. Like it, it's very, oh, it really is. it's very blue planet, like national geographic, like a lot of, especially the first like five minutes or so are just these amazing landscapes basically showing breathtaking. you. Yeah, it is. It's breathtaking. And basically showing you, like, we need to be appreciating what a beautiful planet we live on, essentially. (laughs) Which is something we as a society really need to do a better job of. Yeah. It's it's still a good message even today. Like, like, it's funny, like, like I'm going to talk about living with the land again. In the living with the land episode, I talked about how several times this, that that attraction makes me think, man, humans be tripping. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> this like symbiosis is a total 20 minute movie of man humans be tripping dot 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 but every now and then we can do some good yes so like like i i, I do wish we would embrace the dot 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 but we can do some good some good part of it yeah Oh, oh. Yeah, this, and that's really kind of the message of this film because once you get past humans the humans be tripping, yeah, once you get past the beautiful landscapes, it starts to show you some of the damage that humans have done over time trying to solve problems of like water access or too much water or not enough food or whatever, whatever the problem may be. Humans, I always say our version of evolution is creating technology to kind of solve the problems that we have. And yeah, this and this is exactly what we have done over time. We've industrialized. We created agriculture. Um, mm-hmm. You know all these things that for us create a good because it creates water and food and and access to to things that we need. But we don't always think about you know the effects that that has on the environment. Um, so the film also talks about like the dust bowl, how basically we used up the topsoil and and created land that wasn't farmable. Um, you know, and, and, and not to mention things like dams creating environmental issues when we're just trying to solve a power problem, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it, it does kind of give you that dose of, of tough medicine, and then it balances it out by saying, but luckily sometimes, sometimes, humans... Sometimes? <laughs> humans, I, mean, I mean, at least 12 instances-ish. Yeah, humans sometimes learn our lesson and then use that same thought process towards solving a problem with technology and start to find ways to reclaim water sources, uh, reclaim land, you know, regrow forests, different things like that, that we just didn't, you know, appreciate um, and take care of the right way when we first started kind of industrializing. Um, Absolutely. Like, like, like you talk on like regrowing a forest. You want to talk about a visually engaging image. Yeah. In symbiosis, where they start the controlled burn in the forest and on the mountainside. And I'm thinking, what the word I can't say on this podcast are they doing? They're about to burn down the entire dadgum mountainside. And then they pull it out. And then they show people walking up and individually dropping, yeah. like, I guess, saplings of, yep. of these fur, uh, fur trees that are growing into these massive monsters. And it's like... That right there is like, okay, yes, humanity, we are massive destroyers, but at the same time, we can also do some good. That right there was such a great scene. Like, just talking about it, like, makes the hair on my arm stand up. And it's like, talking about, like, like, like we as humans, we use technology to figure out our problems. Like, uh, the, the scene in Holland, where they talk about how if yeah. it wasn't for their uh their windmill system that was set up like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago over half that nation would be underwater yeah it's wild that right there like the ingenuity of humanity to survive is great yes yeah sometimes it's great but it's it's great it's and it's especially great when we take time to think about like impacts of the things that we're doing, how it impacts yeah. the actual thing we're living on, as opposed to, well, you know what, we're just, uh, screw you, Earth, we're gonna win. Yeah. So the content of this film a bit dry, and I could see why. You know, it it didn't last forever. You know, it was one of those things where at some point Disney made the decision, hey, you know, uh, we've we've got to liven this up a little bit. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, so it, it closed in 1995. It lasted 13 years. So I was going to say, yeah, it had a pretty good run for a quote unquote dry presentation. It did. Um, it was replaced by Circle of Life, an environmental fable, which was another film that called humans out. Um, it, like, like seriously, Circle of Life and Symbiosis had a lot of very similar threads yeah. throughout it. Though Circle of Life just had Lion King characters on it. Which, fun fact. Uh, both uh, Nathan Lane and Ernie Sabelli, uh, the original voices of Timon and Puma, did return to voice Timon and Puma in Circle of Life. Wow. Matthew Broderick did not. Okay. Interesting. So Ferris Bueller was having a day out. When they <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about that film later on because it, it did come later. But but just to, to mention, I wanted to, to at least give a shout out to the fact this film made it 13 years. And... It was shown at film festivals around the yes. world. I am so glad you found that point. Yes, like yeah. even after it closed at special 70 millimeter film festivals throughout the world, this was something that would still pop up just because even though it's no longer associated with a Walt Disney World attraction, people can still appreciate the, the I guess, the care and the thought and the work that went into putting this together because this was three researchers with a crew of less than eight people. It took them three years to create and shoot this film. And they shot this film on two handheld Panavision 65 millimeter cameras. So yeah. that is like, like it is a bare bones crew. Yeah. And they still put together this amazing, beautiful film. I love the fact that it still had a life after Disney decided it didn't have a spot in Epcot. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously that's a testament to the fact that this was a well-crafted film that people mm-hmm. appreciated. And I, I, I was reading some things about it and it was talking about how Disney creates these things sometimes um, that like a film like this Sometimes a film like this put in Epcot can have more reach and distribution than if they were to go put it in theaters around the world or whatever, or, or put it on TV because so many people come to Walt Disney world and go through those doors and consume, um, you know, this, these products that Disney actually was being pretty morally responsible with the fact they realized they had this platform. They were going to get in front of so many people. Why not? have a good message that that maybe will help get people thinking about stuff like this and maybe we learn from the past and we do better in the future right that's to me if i'm going to step back and think about epcot at large i kind of feel like that was like the idea of future world in epcot learn from the past use technology do better in the future and take care of the world and our people you know and that's what this film well said that's what this film did so yeah. Absolutely, and also humans be tripping. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I will give a shout out. The director was Paul Gerber, um, not of the Glad baby you food. Had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the narrator was Philip L. Clark, and yeah, I wanted to give a little shout out to Philip L. Clark because you gamers out there might know this guy. He is most well known for being the main, the voice of of liquid snake yeah. doom three dr malcolm betruger right and also on top of that like like even if you're not a video game uh fan this is somebody who had voice work in the lion king in aladdin and little mermaid in beauty and the beast and rescuers yeah like like this is a guy like like 
you have heard his voice. You just don't realize you've heard his voice in every single one of your favorite. Disney, yeah. Uh, at least animated. Did, did you watch the Transformers growing up? Because he was a voice on there. Did you watch G.I. Joe? He was on mm-hmm. there. Did you watch the Smurfs? He was on there. Like, uh, it's crazy. Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo. Uh, okay. Nobody was watching when <laughs> Scrappy Doo was around, but still, he was he was doing voices. Yeah. And, and a lot of Shout times out to that guy. Shout out to Philip L. Clark. For sure. And a lot of times when you look at his credits, he's just credited as additional voices. Mm-hmm. So this yep. guy is getting in there and just doing the work. You know, he, like like uh, Joe DiMaggio, the voice of Bender uh, a few years ago, put out a documentary about voice actors like, hey, I and it's called, hey, I know that voice yeah. like Philip L. Clark is the personification of, hey, I know that voice. Exactly. Type guy. Yeah. Uh, even though he's no longer with us, shout out to you, Philip Bell Clark. Thank you for everything you've done. Absolutely. Um, well, we had a couple other famous voice actors in this very same pavilion over at another attraction that was also opened on day one of Epcot. And that, of course, was the show Kitchen Cabaret. And I saved this for last just because I have such a warm spot in my heart for Kitchen Cabaret. I... <laughs> This is what, what a bizarre attraction, first it, of all. Yeah, it, it really, really was. Um, but it's These Imagineers of, were on all the hardcore drugs back in the day. <laughs> they had to be. So inspiration had to come from somewhere. Um, but Man, maybe they really did buy HR Puff and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying it. You're going to speak it into existence, my friend. Or maybe it actually already happened, and I'm just now figuring it out. <laughs> Think about it. It could have. It's not really hard, but think about it. (laughs) (laughs) So Kitchen Cabaret, um, let me just tell you right off the bat, like this is one of those rides or attractions. I can remember little Justin going to, you know, sitting with my dad watching this show. And as a kid, having so much fun watching these ridiculous animatronics (laughs) sing about the four food groups and you know it's it's because just there was only four food groups when this attraction was open right it has changed <laughs> now we have what <laughs> 18 or 19 um well well there's the chicken nugget uh there's the <laughs> jelly there's the potato and then the other 15 yeah <laughs> sounds about right that's your 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 you started a great list there um <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, um, this was really based on um, healthy eating, um, fresh, eat, you know, I was about to say eat fresh, but that is a uh, Subway commercial and we are not sponsored by Subway. Subway, we are totally open to sponsorship. Yeah, so we weren't sponsored, we're, we're not sponsored by Subway, but... Um, but this particular attraction, as with the rest of the land pavilion, was sponsored sponsored by Kraft starting day one, um, and all the way up through '93. Actually, Kraft sponsored this attraction, which is it, it lasted until '93. So it sponsored it like right through, well, up until Food Rocks when it switched over to Food Rocks, I guess. Um, yeah, maybe. I actually do think on January first, what '95 uh, when it switched over to Food Rocks, that was when their sponsorship ended. Okay, yeah, so. Let me just tell you about this show. It's hosted by a human. For what reason? I don't know. A cartoony human, but a human nonetheless. Her name is Bonnie Appetit. And let me tell you this. If you're a fan of puns, especially food-related puns, have I got the show for you. (laughs) 
Yeah, buckle up. <laughs> this this whole show is is nothing but like every song, every joke. It's just food related puns. Like if you think dad jokes are the funniest thing ever, <laughs> man, did we have a show for you? Unfortunately, it shut down. But oh, waka waka, ladies and gentlemen, you would have been right there. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, speaking of a bony appetite, did you know? Or yeah, bony appetite. Uh, you know what? Uh, depending on how you eat, I don't know. It could be a bony appetite. It's true. Uh, yeah, if you're trying to cut weight for reasons. But uh, uh, Bonnie Appetite originally was supposed to have a co-host, and her name was Juicy Lucy. But for whatever reason, they decided to just let uh, Bonnie do her thing. I can't imagine why they cut Juicy Lucy. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that, but that is amazing. And now, like I said, I'm willing to bet all of these Imagineers were on all of the drugs back then. <laughs> At least somebody raised their hand and said, you know, maybe we should. <laughs> that, that could be problematic. Maybe we don't go with Juicy Lucy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? We've seen other instances where no one raised their hand when they should have. Yep. Um, so that is true. That is very true. <laughs> so I'm glad someone spoke up on. Also, this. real quick, like like speaking on the Imagineers that really pulled this mm -hmm. attraction together and put it together. Do you have those names? Because I actually do, and would like to give them. Some, oh, do you it. Know, Go for it. For the caps. All right. First off, is Jeff uh, Jeff Burke a figure finisher who previously worked on Country Jamboree and America Sings? And this is a fun uh, aspect. You can also find him. Or I guess you could find him in Epcot. Uh, he is the brother who survives from the Civil War part during the uh, American yeah. Adventure show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott Hennessy, he wrote the script and lyrics uh, for the show and also Body Wars. We'll get to that in a future episode. Also, Buddy Baker wrote the score and decided what type of musical styles would be featured during the show. And then finally, Steve Kirk, who is an illustrator and sculpture artist. Uh, some of his previous work was on the Abominable Snowman from the Matterhorn. Uh, he was also very integral for the original design of figment and the dream catcher uh from the journey into imagination so these like like these are some disney imagineers who know what's up awesome. though i do love the fact that it's particularly jeff burke jeff burke was uh the figure finisher from country bear jamboree and america sings according to legend he wanted to step up he wanted to do more and this was a project that he really grabbed the uh bull by the horns so to speak and really kind of, you know, like like this this was his first four-way foray, excuse me, into being a full-blown like imaginary. It's like I think that's cool. That is awesome. Yeah. I love it. And especially some of the history that that these guys have. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about uh the body wars. I know. Scott Hennessy. What's that's up? that'll be an interesting conversation. <laughs> um, to say the very least. If you didn't have a chance yourself to see the Kitchen Cabaret in person, there are videos. You can find them on YouTube. And I think it's worth a watch. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of these are filmed on those old camcorders, you know, that you'd see. Like, go watch Goldberg's now, whatever Adam's carrying around. <laughs> um, that's what they were filming this on. And, um, man, you get a good a sense of what this show was like. It was broken up into five acts and a finale. The first act was uh, Chase Those Mealtime Blues Away. Bonnie Appetit was actually singing. and Which the she sounded really sad. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> I just realized I have to make an entire meal for an audience full of you people. I just, <laughs> I, 
I just don't have the uh, <laughs> I just don't have the energy. I'm sorry. Yeah. She, also, by the way, she's pulling a full on Donald Duck. At no point does she actually wear pants throughout <laughs> this entire attraction. <laughs> she has several costume changes for sure, and I I think you're right. And not one of them involves pants. Not a single pant. Nope. Um, <laughs> she again, as we know, is called Donald Ducking it. The, the backup band that accompanies Bonnie Appetit is called The Kitchen Crackpots. <laughs> and uh, and that's a fun song. Act two, act two, the refrigerator opens up and we get to see Derry Goods and his Stars of the Milky Way as they sing Stars of the Milky Way. I uh, actually really liked Derry Goods. It's good. Derry Goods. Yeah, like like the way he comes out, he's like this third is crooner. He's a crooner. Like like he's like like old school, like 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 I wanna say rat pack, but like that's still big band Phil and and he has his three ladies behind him, what uh cheese, yogurt, and ice cream. Yeah. It's like, so cool. So yeah. Cool. And, and also he was the one carryover into food rules. Or food rocks. Or food rocks, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was the one carryover. <laughs> um, Not only does food rock, it food rules. I, I admire Dairy Goods' uh, mic technique because, man, he can really bend that <laughs> mic stand. Man, can he? Yeah, yeah. As soon as you put a microphone and a stand in his hand, it turns into putty. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's 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 pretty cool. I, I like the fact he's, he's all dressed up, like you said, like an old crooner, almost like in a white tuxedo, but it's just a milk <laughs> carton. And, yeah, he's got his ladies behind him. I'm singing over here on milk. Miss <laughs> um, Cheese is supposed to be singing a bit like Mae West. Miss Yogurt is supposed y- to be. Yogurt's like, where it's at. Yeah, she's Ms. supposed Yogurt. to be like a European, almost like a cabaret type show like this. And Miss Ice Cream is supposed to be more like Eartha Kitt. Um and yeah, it's so Catwoman. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's, get you, Batman. It's <laughs> pretty, pretty fun. I don't think you're in the right attraction, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> um, act three, we got the Boogie Woogie Bakery Boys, sung by the Serial Sisters. Um, I just want to give th- them some credit for these names. So, <laughs> Mersey Oats, Rennie Rice, and Connie Corn. Yeah. Oh, that 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 hurts. And the song is supposed to sound like Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, um, like the Andrew Sisters. The and there's a uh, a loaf of bread that's actually playing the trumpet. Which <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, they they talk about how he toots, he toots. <laughs> that that's actually uh, what uh, the song that plays when when I get up in the morning. So. <laughs> that could be your theme song. Well, we're, we're going to replace your theme song <laughs> with this. He's Just cute. as a reminder, I am going to be down in the Florida area uh, in the next month. So, so like, you choose that whichever way you want to. <laughs> he toots. He toots. We sound a bit, a bit like a, a comedy duo right now, similar to the next act, which is Meat Diddy's by Ham and Eggs. And much like the uh, that uh, comedy act, neither one of us are funny. So. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Mr. Eggs gets accused of laying an egg. Actually, while they're performing. Waka waka. Now, the reason I like to stop on them for just a second is they had two voice actors who I feel like we need to give shout outs to. Um, so you've got Frank Welker. Uh, Ooh, I know him. Yeah. How do you know him? Well, you probably would know him from like basically, again, like every, everything, every cartoon that you've ever seen in your life. But maybe How about this. How about this? You know, the roar from the Lion King. I know that. You did it. <laughs> that that's Frank Welker. Yeah, 
It, Frank Welker, uh, you may also know him from The Flintstones. I've uh, heard of that. Yeah. Like, honestly, he, he was on Futurama. You were talking about uh, John I've DiMaggio. heard of that as well. I've, I've, I've interviewed, like, half the cast. I've, yep. Yeah. Know that. He was on Garfield and Friends, G.I. Joe. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, so he's voice acting royalty. Yes. He really is. Um, and then his partner was Henry Corden, who, again, has... A list as long as you can imagine. He was on the Jetsons. He was on Johnny Quest. He was also on the Flintstones. He was the voice of Fred Flintstone himself. Bon, what are you talking about? Yeah, so that's that, a terrible Fred, but that that wasn't bad. Bon, <laughs> that's all I got. But he, you know, you'll know him as Mr. Ham in this one, uh, and and Frank Welker is Mr. Eggs. So. I just, it's impressive. Like, and also, like, like the the twenty eight animatronics. Like, even though some of them are like, you know, and we still have, you know, the main event to come. But they're like, I love those animatronics. Yeah, like, like they're so over the top and off the wall. But I love every one of them. They're great. It's 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 just so fun. Yeah, and Mister Eggs uh, made an appearance in another place. Yes, which, he did. Which we'll be talking about at some point called uh, the Astuter Computer Review. You had a guest appearance by Mr. Eggs highlighting how computers control audio animatronics. So, Which, by the way, the computer skadooter badooter uh, <laughs> I thought was made up. But, you know, apparently it's a thing. It is a thing. Not anymore. Was a thing. Um, but was a thing. The cooter spagooger bagooger. Over in, <laughs> over in Communicore. Um, which, yeah, Communicore. I'm pretty excited to, to get to talk about Communicore when we get there. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Everything that involved in that sentence, it sounds like you're just drunk saying that. This is, this is a judicial system. Well, all of this that we've talked about so far is building, of course, to Act 5, which is the headline act, Veggie Fruit Fruit by Colander Combo and the Fiesta Fruit. And let me just tell you, Landon, you've had it stuck in your head for days. I've had this song stuck in my head forever. And I love the fact that even though I'm not a huge fan of Epcot Forever, this song does get to play a role in this currently running nighttime spectacular at Epcot because I feel like it deserves a tip of the cap. Um, it is a crowd pleaser. I'm, no, I, I, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Right there with you. Right there with you. <clears throat> like it is such one of those earworm songs you already uh, made the parallel that is uh, not as bad as uh, it's a small world but god once it gets in your brain it doesn't give get out and I do like the fact that Epcot forever does give some tip of the hat to this attraction because this was an attraction that right up until apparently it went away it was kind of popular like yeah. Mr. Broccoli from the uh, colander combo and the fiesta fruit kind of turned into a unofficial mascot of Epcot. Now, some people have speculated that's because there are no characters in Epcot, so therefore literally anything had to become a mascot for it. But at the same time, like, not only was Mr. Broccoli popular, apparently the other characters were super popular. Uh, they, uh, It still shows up to this day. Jared, he talked about Epcot forever. It has shown up in previous food and wine uh, festivals as a booth for the veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit booth. Uh, so, I mean, like, this is an attraction that's kind of like, yes, a little wackadoodical dumb, but it is infotainment. It has great 
animatronics, and it's just fun as crap. So, so yeah. I dig it. It was great. Dig it. At the very least, if you're not going to watch the whole video of the Kitchen Cabaret, go and skip ahead to Veggie no, Veggie. Screw that. Screw that. Just watch the entire thing. Yeah, just watch the whole thing. thing. <laughs> like, like it, it, it's what? 12, it's 12 14 minutes. minutes yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 12 it's minutes fun. at most. Like, like if, if you are a Walt Disney fan, you will enjoy this attraction. Agreed. Just like, like if, if it isn't for the, uh, you know, animatronics because they're spot on it's for the music especially veggie veggie fruit fruit. come on (laughs) yeah and the show closes out with the cabaret finale by bonnie appetite and the entire cast and they kind of sing little medleys of each one of their songs and then the curtains would close and there'd be a big craft logo covering the stage Um, just (laughs) to remind you we're the sponsors we also sell things you can eat yeah now in the spot where Kitchen Cabaret was, of course, it was replaced by Food Rocks and now um, Soren. Um, oh, yeah. You in the past have said that Soren is maybe one of the most overrated attractions in all of Walt Disney World. I, first of all, do you still feel like that? And I'm not trying to stir up trouble. I'm just this is this is for conversation. Would you hate me if I saved that answer for our Soren episode of M34D? Because okay. I have had a lot of thoughts on Soren in the last few years. Okay. All right. Well, I won't make you answer that question. So let me just um, redirect. <laughs> if you had to trade, you could only pick one. Would you rather have Kitchen Cabaret in the Land Pavilion and maybe Soren somewhere else? Or do you think Soren, you know, it serves its purpose and it belongs there? Soren definitely deserves its purpose and belongs there. Okay. I I go back and forth on it because here's here's my reason why. And again, we'll revisit this when we talk Soren. Dude, do we want to get into my Soren story because we can? No, 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 let's hold it. Let's hold off. Okay, all right, all right. Um but I I just think that briefly, you have to be in let's say ideal position for Soren to really be effective. Um that is that is true. Yep. And if you happen to get crappy seats, let's say the bottom row all the way to the right or left, it is you might as well not even ride it because it's pretty worthless. I don't think there was a bad seat in the house at Kitchen Cabaret. That's all I'm saying. That's a, that's all. That's my point. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong in that aspect. <laughs> so Can't argue with that. Anyway, more soaring debate to come. Probably tick some people off by bringing it up now. But hey. Bring it on, Disney nerds. We're all... We're all friends here. Nope, screw that. I will fight you outside (laughs) the Magic Kingdom. (laughs) We will fight for pins. By the way, speaking of pins, I am totally on board. I got some pins right here. Yep, that's uh, that's a uh, pin grab bag that I have uh, unfortunately started collecting. Is that unopened? Yes. Well, do you want to open it now or are you saving it for something? Well, if you want me to open it now, we can. Let's do it. Let's unbox All right. it. Unbag it. What's he got? Yeah, we unbagging on this audio-only format. Jay, talk about all the things that I'm doing. He's tearing the bag the fireworks open. and the dragons in the background. He tore the bag open vigorously. Thank you. All right. Uh, apparently, this is the uh, good versus evil uh, pack. It comes with five pins. Okay. Uh, yeah, has uh, Simba and Scar facing off against each other because, you know, as previously mentioned, good versus bad. I got five pins. First oh, wow. of all, 
Okay, that looks like Dalmatians. Yep, this Pongo the, and Purdy. Uh, two of the 101 Dalmatians, Pongo and Ping Bong. So, uh, so that is going to go into the trade pile. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, this is this is a fun one. It is Ursula. From, yeah. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah, I know. Pretty strong. That is going to go into the maybe hang on to pile. Okay. Let's see. Ooh, okay. All right. We got our first for sure keep because, ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the characters I've decided to start collecting. It's Hades. Oh, nice. From Hercules. Hades is awesome. Like, I totally hate James Woods and his politics, but God dang, is his character work is Hades fantastic. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is, that is, that that's a strong is a keeper, one. ladies and that's gentlemen. That's a strong one. All right. Another one. Ooh. Okay, I think we just have another keeper. It is uh, Yensid. Not exactly oh, sure. Yeah, the, the wizard. Wizard from Fantasia. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Pretty strong. Pretty strong. Also into the keeper pile. So uh, one more. Uh, two keepers, two traders. Because uh, as I've previously told Jay, this is a weird, ha- a weird uh, thing to collect because I don't actually want things... I don't want to buy packs mm-hmm. that I want to own, right? Because I'm going to trade them off. Like, if I think about it, I'm going to have a brain aneurysm. And <laughs> don't finally, don't try to do that math. Huh, okay, I'm not exactly sure how to feel about this. Uh, staying in the Hercules realm, it is indeed Hercules. Hercules. Uh, I I would trade that one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's me personally. I, nothing against Hercules, kind of but bleh. it's a little black. Yeah, it's a little black. Um, all those were kind of just round, and they've got the character inside. Um, the Pongo and Purdy one, they actually kind well, of... Well, but that's, 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 that's the thing of, of, of this. Apparently, it's all circles with good guys and bad guys, and I was hoping for some bad guys. You got a couple. And I got some good couples. Hold on. Let me show you my, my Hades. I'm really proud of that one. Yeah, Hades is good. I like that one quite a bit. Yep. So they've done some cool things with the Hades design um, where like for the Disney villains after hours, like he, they used like his uh, flame hair as kind of like an outline and they put like the villains in there, like in the flames. Um, It's, I I don't know. I think Hades is a, is a pretty cool character. Hades is a very cool character. Like, and, and I love the fact that, and I, I forget where I heard this, like, like, and this is a hard Sidebar, you can cut all of this if you want to. But when uh, James Woods came in to uh, audition for the voice of Hades, he just said, hey, I'm Hades. What up? Like, <laughs> like, like he came in with, with, with that, that. That's the way the character was. And as soon as they heard his rendition of Hades, like, okay, that right there. That's it. Like, like yeah. we're done. You are Hades. Like, and, and I... I love stories like that. It's like an actor that takes the initiative and turns it into this character. But regardless, whatever. Sorry. Uh, Jay, shut us off before I keep talking forever. Yeah, well, we got a lot of good content on today's episode. And this is one of those jumbo-sized M34Ds. And and, and really, I I think that it deserves it. Wait, are we bleeding into the third segment? Because we could talk about my mom's trip to Disney because I I successfully booked three (laughs) days of fast passes y'all no that's awesome um yeah I'm, I'm i'm thinking this will probably probably end up being segment two and three of today's show which is fine yeah. um but here here's what i wanted to say about this landon i think you should probably start posting like your pins on your twitter and 
you know, let people see what you're getting and what you're collecting. And it oh, would, hell. you should do it. And because you're right, this is an audio format and it was satisfying for me to see what you pulled out of the blind bag. <laughs> but as people are hearing this on Monday, they're going to be like, Oh wow. I mean, we know Justin doesn't do a great job of describing things verbally. So, but you mean they're not going to be able to see what I said through their ear, er, through their earballs? I don't think so. So I think you ought oh, to post come it. Come on. I think you ought to put it on your um, Twitter. And in order for people to find it, let's tell them where that Twitter account can be found. Uh-huh, I see you did that. <laughs> L-A-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best, Landon Doan, not the rest. That's where you can follow me, 280 characters at a time. And apparently, I'm now posting Disney pin pics because... <laughs> at least for this bag, that's all. You know what? Screw it. It was just a matter of time. If we're being <laughs> completely honest, I have no willpower. I love collecting things. I have the smallest shred of a thought of disposable income. So that tricks my brain into thinking I can do whatever I want. So, you know, I'll be broken two years, but thankfully I'll be able to build a house in Disney pins. Uh, <laughs> but in lieu of that, that uh, I invite you to head over to my website, but much chips. I would do a Hades, but I don't think I could do it justice. So sit on hey, your butt. Sit on your butt and munch. Hey, sit on your butt and munch. <laughs> Jay, I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. We're looking through the camera, and I'm going to invite you to sit on your butt and munch. That is where you can find the exclusively posted Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, for a, I guess, an experiment of somebody clearly losing his enthusiasm of Game of Thrones as he goes episode by episode. But in lieu <laughs> of that, I invite you to go to the iTunes store and search for the R&D project because uh, that is where myself and Will Rab, uh, he is the R and I am the D of the R&D project. We're collaborating. We just had a uh, two hour episode drop where we talk about the uh, fact that even though we are in a sports obsessed society, the only sports we seem to be obsessed with is the NFL and Oh, also, I don't know if you heard about this, but apparently the uh, Houston Astros are some cheaty cheater pants. So we talk about that as well. Great. And I'm also on the Phil Show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI radio station here in Knoxville, Tennessee, as my dadgum theme song plays in the background. Because, ladies and, ge- ladies and gentlemen, my name is Landon Doan. You've been great. We've been a Monday morning monorail podcast. I'm going to give Jay a chance to sign out. We're just done. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next Monday. Thank you so much. Remember, five stars or GTFO. Float boy. Landon Doan, Landon Doan, his middle name is Roy. His it's not Roy. Fame puts the X-Men to shame. Yeah! Landon Doan, Landon Doan. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. (laughs) See y'all real soon.